Is there still snow out there? We've been here since early. Is there still snow on the ground? What's that? She said, I don't think anybody's listening. Of course, I'm thinking, well, I'm used to that. Nobody listens. <laughs> uh, let's stand together and let's sing nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain, no. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And nothing can foresee our tone, nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's the good that I have done, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. Nothing but 
Amen. Well, good morning. I'm not Jake. It says it in there. So anyway, hi, I'm Daniel. I'm not Jake. He's uh, recovering from feeling under the weather, so he'll be here soon. But uh, uh, anyway, I want to welcome you to worship. Glad you're here. But we are celebrating the Lord's Supper this morning. We're remembering and being reminded of the sacrifice of Jesus. And that's why we're singing this song this morning and why we're going to continue to sing uh, songs uh, reminding us and getting in that mindset of thanking God for the wonderful gift of grace and mercy that he offered through the cross and with his resurrection. So, uh, uh, guests, if you have a guest card there, you can uh, grab those in the front pew and put those in the box. And I also want to remind you with offerings this morning, we'll be taking up a benevolence offering. So any loose offerings that are in the box will go towards that benevolence offering that we always take up when we do Lord's Supper. So if you got tithes, be sure you get those in the envelopes also in the P-Rex there. So let's pray and continue to, to worship. Father God, we come this morning just expectant uh, to meet with you and, and to uh, reveal yourself, the truth of your word, the truth uh, that we're going to be looking at of of your your death and resurrection, God. We thank you so much for that. Help us to be reminded of what that means to us. Help us uh, give us inspiration as we try to live for you each and every day and live in the strength of knowing that you are the risen Lord. Help us as we continue to worship. Help help our hearts, affection pour out to you how much we love you. And we, we thank you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide. Come on, sing it with me. Here we go. Where all the love I've ever found Comes like a flood Comes flowing down At the cross, at the cross I surrender my life I'm in all of you I'm in all of you where your love ran red and my sin washed white, I owe all to you. I owe all to you, Jesus. There's a place, sin and shame. Our powerless. There, my heart in peace with God and forgiveness. We're all the Surrender my life, I'm in. 
sacrifice is overwhelming. The blood you shed is our only hope. Nothing else can wash away our sin. Every need we have, our hunger and thirst, our loneliness, our need for forgiveness, they're only satisfied because of your precious blood. What can wash away my sin? What can cover every stain? Flood the darkness deep within like healing rain. What can make the broken whole? What can set the captives free? What can satisfy my soul, my deepest need? Blood of Jesus be my all, all my hope and righteousness. In your mercy let me fall. Oh, the riches that were spilled to restore me to
finish with this man. And I stand before, I stand before your throne. I will claim the blood of Christ and Christ alone. Blood of Jesus be my home, oh my hope and righteousness. In your mercy let me fall, let me fall. on your grace and love be Hear the sinner, hear the sinner call, blood of Jesus be Lord, we come before you this morning just saying, Lord, that your blood is the only reason that we can come into your presence. Otherwise, your holiness would be overwhelming for us. Our sin would keep us from being able to be in your presence. But because of your blood, Lord, the blood that Jesus shed on the cross for us, we can come into your presence. And we can have fellowship with you, Lord. Lord, I pray for Dr. Cox now as he brings your message. Lord, pierce our hearts with the truth of your word. And let us leave this place different, more like you than we came. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. It's good to see you today. Thank you for braving the blizzard coming out in the big snowstorm here this morning. I got up this morning, I thought of Isaiah 118. It says, though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. One of the neat things about snow, it covers everything, doesn't it? 
your neighbor's got that junk in his yard that you wish he'd pick up and get out of there, but now today it's just covered, covered in snow. Our sins can be that way, though your sins are scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. I want to take just a moment to look ahead to Wednesday night. Uh, We begin new CDP, Christian Discipleship Pathway classes, Wednesday at 6.30. They're in your bulletin. Hope you'll pick one out. That's part of our discipleship strategy. I'll be teaching the introductions class. Four-week class begins this Wednesday at 6.30. It's for those who have joined our church within the last year. We ask every new member within a year to take this class because we really think it will help you get oriented, connected, serving, and growing. But it's also for people who are brand new. Maybe you're just sort of checking our church out. You're not a member yet. You'll have opportunity to join, but you don't have to join in the class. But if you just want to know what our church is about, then this is a great introduction. Also, if you're not yet a Christian... And you want to know what is it? What are Christian beliefs? How do you become a Christian? How do you grow? We do an introduction to Christianity as well. So it's that dual focus. I invite you to come. Either of those be a part of that uh, Wednesday night. There are two other great options if you've already had that class. They're in your your uh, worship guide there. Hope you'll be a part of that as we start back up. There are two places in the Bible where it refers to talking blood. Blood that speaks. Do you know where they are? And what in the world does that mean? What's this deal about blood that speaks? I want to share them with you today. We seek to understand what the Bible means when it speaks of that. The first place that the Bible references blood that speaks is very early in the human story in the book of Genesis chapter 4. You see, in the beginning, God created Adam and Eve, first humans, and then they had kids, had two boys named Cain and Abel. Cain grew up to be a farmer, Abel grew up to be a herdsman. In course of time, they brought offerings to God. I want to begin reading at Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Why did God differentiate between their offerings? doesn't say exactly. I think it's two things. I think it's the offering they brought. You notice it says Abel brought the first fruits and it says Cain brought some of the fruits I think their offering was different and then I think they were different because the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering and not on Cain and his offering to bring an acceptable offering to God to bring an offering today needs to be two parts you need to bring the right offering you need to give your best the first the tithe to God but it needs to be brought in the right attitude from the right heart I think those things were lacking with Cain His offering wasn't accepted. And so it says that Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what's right, you will be accepted. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out in the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Human history only makes it to the second generation. Already there's murder. 
The Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? God never asks questions for information. God knows everything. God asks questions for other purposes. Cain, where is your brother Abel? He has an opportunity to confess. I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? Listen. Listen. Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Here's the first place the Bible refers to blood that speaks. It is the blood of Abel, the blood that Cain shed when he murdered him. And God says, it cries out to me from the ground, this spilled blood. What does that mean? What's it saying there? It is saying that God knows everything that happens. And God knows when the innocent have been oppressed or hurt or killed. What is the blood of Abel saying? It cries out for justice. It cries out for justice. You see, God is a God of justice. Sometimes people criticize God or express doubts and don't want to believe in Him because I can't believe God would allow suffering to happen in our world and I can't worship a God who lets X happen. Listen, I want to say to you, there's more justice in God's little pinky finger than there is in your whole being God is infinitely a God of justice and God hears every innocent drop of blood that cries out to him from the ground and he knows and there will be justice. And so all through the ages, since the blood of Abel cries out, spilled blood continues to cry out to God. There is increasing persecution of Christians around the world. The Bible tells us we ought to care about Christians who are being persecuted. World Watch List lists the 50, every year lists the 50 toughest places to be a Christian. This year, Nigeria is one of those toughest places. 1,350 Christians murdered in Nigeria last year, many of them by Boko Haram, a, a militant Muslim group. And there's no retribution for many of that. The blood cries out to God. The worst place, the hardest place to be a, a Christian for 20 years ever since they've done this watch list has been North Korea. We just don't even know what the fate of Christians are in North Korea. There's so little information. We just don't even know. But God knows. The blood cries out to the God of justice. It's not just Christians who are persecuted. In China, there is a group of people called the Uyghurs. It's spelled U-I-G-H-U-R-S, but it's pronounced Uyghurs. And Probably most of us had never heard of that people group until a few months ago, perhaps. But we're hearing now that of these 11 million Turkish-speaking people in northwest China, that one million of them, one million, are imprisoned in detention camps by China. And the stories beginning to come out of there are of torture and the sterilization of women and of great persecution and murder. And we just don't even get the full story But the blood cries out to God. God knows. God knows. I I watched a video last week by survivors of the Holocaust. January 27th was Holocaust Memorial Day. Remembering 
the Holocaust in Nazi Germany when millions of Jews, six million Jews were killed. There's still Jews alive who went through that. And they were doing a video trying to call world attention to the plight of the Uyghurs because they had been through that kind of thing. And they were calling out for justice in China for the Uyghurs. The blood cries out to God. In our own country, we've gone through a year of great racial tension because of videos that have surfaced of of young blacks who have been killed by police or died in police custody and we try to sort out and figure out from what what happened and what is right and and then it's led to more violence and riots and there's such mixed reaction in our country to all of that we as Christians must care about justice for minorities and racial justice because God cares spilled blood cries out to him a few weeks ago we celebrated sanctity of life day in our church or observed that and uh, we heard then that there are 40 million abortions in the world every year that's just an astounding number isn't it of innocent little children whose lives are taken before they are born 40 million worldwide every year and God knows every one of those the blood cries out to him and so there is coming a day of God's wrath when justice will be done and all of those crimes of which there were no witnesses and no justice and no courts and they were forgotten in human history from Abel all the way down that blood will cry out And every person, the Bible says, will stand before God. Every terrorist and every North Korean dictator and every abortionist and every murderer stand before God. And there'll be the testimony. If there's no other testimony, God will still do justice because the blood cries out. You don't have to worry about God doing justice. He'll do justice. But... There is a second place in the Bible where it refers to blood that speaks. It's in the book of Hebrews. Now let me tell you about Hebrews. Hebrews is a book in the New Testament written to Hebrews. That makes sense, doesn't it? It's written to, that is, to Jewish people. So the book of Hebrews is written to those who have the background of the Old Testament and it's sharing with them that Jesus is better than the Old Covenant. The key word in the book of Hebrews is better. Jesus is the better way, sharing with them that he's the fulfillment of the old covenant. So the book of Hebrews contrasts the old way and the new way, the Old Testament and the New Testament, to show that the way of Jesus is better to these Jewish people. So the passage we're going to read in Hebrews 12 makes that contrast in terms of two mountains. One mountain that represents the old way, the old covenant, and one mountain that represents the new covenant. The mountain that represents the old is Mount Sinai. In the Old Testament, during the Exodus, God called Moses to go up to the top of Mount Sinai. God came down there and met him and gave him the Ten Commandments and the sacrificial law and all the laws. And the Bible says that God told Moses, don't let anybody come near the mountain. Don't even let their animals come near because if they touch this mountain when my presence is there, they'll die. It's a holy place. Clouds came over the mountain, there was lightning, there was fire. It was an awe-inspiring sight. 
You got that background? So let's re- let me read beginning in Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 18. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched. We're talking about the old mountain here, the Mount Sinai, and that is burning with fire to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast or such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. That's the mountain that represents the old covenant. But, verse 22, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. So here's the mountain that represents the new way of relating to God. And it's called Mount Zion. That was the literal mountain in, Mount, in Jerusalem where Jesus gave his life. But it represents here heaven, the Zion, the Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. And here's a list then of who and what is going to be in heaven. You ready? You have come to Thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. When we get to heaven, we're going to see and meet thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. Wouldn't that be amazing? And you've come to, verse 23, to the church of the firstborn. So all the church of the ages is going to be in heaven. All those who are a part of the body of Christ are going to be there. You'll meet all of them. And those whose names are written in heaven. That's when you're in the church. So being in the church doesn't just mean you came and sat on a pew or had your name on a membership roll. It's if your name is written in heaven because you've put your faith in Jesus Christ and you've been recorded in God's ledger. That's who's a part of the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. And you've come to God. Well, obviously God's going to be there. The judge of all. And to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, I believe that refers to Old Testament saints. Chapter 11 Hebrews have listed all these people from the Old Testament who had faith. And so you're going to meet all of them there. You'll meet Abel and you'll meet Noah and Moses and all of these others. The spirits of the righteous made perfect. And you've come to, verse 24, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. Let me stop there and explain that phrase. At Mount Sinai, the old mountain, when Moses came down from the mountain, he built an altar at the foot of the mountain using 12 big stones, one stone for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. They brought a bull and they killed it on that altar and they caught the blood of that bull in bowls. And half of the blood Moses poured out at the base of the altar. The other half of the blood You can read it in Exodus 24. In a big bowl, Moses took it. And before all the people that were there, he sprinkled that blood upon them. And he sprinkled the blood over all the people. And he said as he was doing it, this is the blood of the covenant. You see, God in his goodness allowed them to substitute the life of an animal for their own life. The wages of sin is death. You sin, you die. They deserve to die, but God in his goodness allowed a temporary way that they could relate to him and allowed a substitute of that that blood of that bull to cover them. And Moses said, this is the blood of the covenant. So let's go back to our passage now and it'll make sense. And you've come to Jesus the mediator, Moses was a mediator of the first covenant, of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word. There's our key word in the book of Hebrews, better 
that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Jesus spilt his blood voluntarily when he allowed himself to be nailed to a cross and his perfect, sinless, eternal blood was the once and for all payment of sins, the permanent covering. And so if you put your faith in Jesus, if you believe in him, it's as if you've been sprinkled with his blood and it speaks over you a better word than the blood of Abel. So the second place where the Bible talks about speaking blood is the blood of Jesus. What does the blood of Jesus say? It cries out for mercy. It speaks a better word than the blood of Abel because justice has been done. Jesus died in your place, so death has taken place. Justice has been done. Punishment has been made. Jesus gathered up those sins all for one. So now his blood can speak a better word over you. You're right with God. You're not guilty anymore. You're forgiven. It speaks a better word. So it may be that you've taken a human life either on purpose or by accident. It may be that you're a murderer. It may be that in battle, in war, you've taken human life and you're still haunted by those memories and by that grief. It may be that you've had an abortion or been party to the taking of the life of an unborn child. And you are haunted by guilt from that sadness there's a word that you need to hear the blood of Jesus speaks a better word over you yes you're guilty yes justice must be done for what you have done but Jesus willingly paid the debt he took the punishment so his blood could speak a better word over you and you need to hear that today and you need to claim that and you need to live in that and leave your guilt today the blood of Jesus cries out mercy over you maybe you've never taken a human life could I read you one more passage of scripture from the Sermon on the Mount Jesus spoke these words in Matthew 5 21 You've heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. So that we might not separate ourselves from others and think ourselves superior, Jesus brought the outward commandment to the inward motive and to the heart. And he said, your anger makes you of the same parcel as murderers. You need to see your own sinfulness and not just point fingers at others. And so we're cut from the same cloth as Cain. You may not have had the opportunity or carried out the act, but there's been that anger within your life. And so we're of that same group. And the good news is the blood of Jesus speaks a better word over us. Today we come to renew 
our covenant relationship with Jesus Christ by sharing in the Lord's Supper. And I pray that you will leave your guilt and your past sins and you'll hear the word spoken over you of mercy. And I pray that as you experience that again today, it will produce in your heart love for Jesus, gratitude to him, and a life of obedience as a result of the amazing word he speaks over you. Would you pray together with me? Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for laying down your life on Mount Zion and allowing your blood to be spilt to cover our sins. Thank you that the word that we can hear today is not just guilty, but forgiven and pardoned. Thank you for speaking that word over us. I pray for every person who's in a relationship with you that as we come to renew that relationship, they'll leave their sins and their guilt. They'll receive your forgiveness. They'll leave here with a new sense of our great indebtedness to you and of love for you. Now we come to share in this meal together. We confess our sins. We draw near to you. We renew our covenant relationship with you, Lord Jesus. Through your name we pray, amen. I want to invite you to take out the little bag that you were given when you came in if you're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper with us. And first of all, take out a piece of bread. There's a in, loose in the bag. There is a little square um, of bread. And take it out and hold it. We'll give you a moment. Some people may be helping kids or family members. So just we'll take your time and we'll get that out and eat it together in a moment. There's also a wafer on top of that uh, cup of juice but if you prefer you can use a little square of bread that's there Jesus said this is my body broken for you do this in remembrance of me Then, if you will, take out that little cup and uh, carefully peel back the whole lid. Peel the full and the off. Give you plenty of time if you need to help others in your family. You can put the lid back in your little bag. Jesus said, this is my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. If you will, put your trash back in your little bag and seal it up. And As you exit, there is a trash can 
under each of the deposit boxes, the offering boxes right by those doors. So as you go out, if you have an offering, put it in the box. Put your trash in the can. Don't get them backwards, okay? Now let me say one more thing before we close. This has been a time for those who have a relationship of faith with Jesus Christ to renew our relationship. It may also be that you're here today and you don't have a covenant relationship with Jesus. You say, well, what does that mean? I don't know if I'd have a covenant relationship with Jesus or not. A covenant relationship with Jesus means that you have consciously, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, man, sorry, that you've consciously received what he did on the cross as being on your behalf. John 1 says, he came to his own and his own did not receive him, but to as many as received him, that is to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So a covenant relationship with Jesus is established by receiving him as your Savior and Lord. That is, by believing in him. And so you are in a covenant relationship when by the grace of God you turn from your sin and receive him as Savior, put your faith in him. Have you called out to him and accepted what he's done on the cross as being on your behalf? If not today, you can enter into that covenant relationship and the blood of Jesus would speak over you this word you're forgiven you're not guilty you're pardoned you're right with God so let me pray one more time for those who might want to do that oh father now I pray on behalf of those who may hear my voice right now who would say I want a covenant relationship with Jesus. I'm not sure that that's happened before in my life. I've done religious things. I've been to church, but I have not received that personally and consciously. And right now, I receive his death as being in my stead. I believe in Jesus as the Son of God who died and rose again. And I ask you to save me, and I will follow you as Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. If that prayer expressed the desire of your heart, then you can know that you're in that relationship with him. You need now to publicly share that by being baptized, by uniting with him in his death and resurrection in the water of baptism. If that's your desire, meet me at the Welcome Center right after our closing prayer. I'll be there up this way toward guest parking. I'd love to meet with you. If you want to join our church, I invite you to meet with me as well. Thank you for being here today. God bless you. Will you stand with me and let's sing together, Run to the Cross. Desperate and the broken hearted coming, bearing heavy burdens of every.
are all tended to be like, yeah. you can be seated. 
couple of quick reminders as we close. If you've got your worship guide, you can see several important announcements in there. And so don't forget about Wednesday night stuff and disaster relief training. That's available. Also, if you uh, didn't hear from last week, we're recruiting uh, leaders for Vacation Bible School. And so as you're exiting out to your left, you'll see uh, the walls set up there that have slips of paper of different places you can serve, different ways you can be involved in VBS. And so stop by there if that's something that, that interests you. And on the days that we take the Lord's Supper, it's, it's our practice to take up a, an additional benevolent offering outside of your tithes and offerings to the church. And that benevolence goes to help people in need within our church family. And, and so um, anything that's given today in the offering boxes that's not in an envelope that's marked uh, your tithe or any, so any loose money or loose change or anything that's put in those today will just be what will go to our benevolent offering uh, to help those in need uh, today, So as you're exiting and you're throwing away your, your trash, you can put your money in there, and then that's, uh, any of that money will be used for benevolent yeah, offering. Yeah, don't mix those up. Put the yeah, trash yeah, in the trash can. The you don't want to mix those up. Uh, that'd be something, you know, Todd, I don't think you could even do that because I don't think you can get that little cup to go down in that yeah. little, but you, you'd you know, be okay. You know, so. who, you know who will be in here trying to sort that? Me, for example. It's uh, a dime. Hold on. He's a big, dumb animal, folks. Um, <laughs> Todd, you make, thing, you make me say things I wish I'd never said later. <clears throat> I gotta, that's, that's my gift. I've got to spend more time in prayer later because of you all the time. Um, as, I just want to be a blessing. Uh, as we're exiting this morning, you can do those things. And um, if you're a guest with us again... Dr. Cox, our lead pastor, is there at the welcome desk, and so as you're exiting, you head down there and, and see him as well. He, he's got a, first, a small gift for all first-time guests, all right? Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you uh, that the blood of Jesus cleanses us as white as snow from all this, the sinful things in our lives, and Father, we just ask for your forgiveness in the ways that we've failed you, and just say thank you for Jesus and his death on the cross. Go with us this week, Lord. Help us live for you. Uh, help us to represent your love out of the people around us. And God, help us to be faithful in all that we do. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.
services by throwing it at him. Except throwing in down at the cross. Yeah, and we're in the end, we're doing this right. convoy. 